are listening to Hymns Illustrated, where hymns are explored, appreciated, and illustrated through stories, testimonies, and edifying conversation. I'm your host and fellow hymn fan, Kristen Eifeldano. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Hymns Illustrated podcast. Today, we are going to talk about the role that hymns play in bringing scriptural truth from our heads down into our hearts. But before that, we have a hymn testimonial for you that I am sure will be a blessing. My name is Angie Sutliff, and I love studying through hymns, and I did so in our little homeschool with my children when they were growing up, and I love it still today. The hymn that I wanted to share was His Eye is on the Sparrow by Sevilla D. Martin, and the reason this really spoke to me was in 2020 when COVID first happened and things were locked down and no one really knew what was happening, it was the end of March, and the robins were just returning. And one day as I was walking, I noticed a large number of robins uh, in a grassy area, and I thought, they don't even know what's happening. And then I again said, wait, they don't even know what's happening because God takes care of them. And it touched my heart, and I thought of this hymn and the way that God takes care of all of us. The stanza that I appreciate the most says, Let not your heart be troubled, his tender word I hear, and resting on his goodness, I lose my doubts and fears. Though by the path he leadeth, but one step I may see. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Thank you, Angie, for sharing. That was indeed a blessing and an encouragement. In fact, that is one of my favorite hymns. And I believe I was just reading more about that the day before you emailed that to me, Angie. So that was providential. Uh, Angie, you've been an encouragement to me. And thank you for your support of the podcast and for the membership Um, If you all, if the listeners here are interested in sharing a testimonial too, you can easily do so by just sending me a recording similar to what you just heard from Angie and emailing Kristen at hymnsillustrated.com. That's Kristen with a K and ending in an E-N, Kristen at hymnsillustrated.com. And you can also just send me a written testimonial if you want, whichever is easiest for you. You can learn more about that over at hymnsillustrated.com slash podcast. And while I'm here asking you for things, I am asking or encouraging rather you to go to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcast and leave a review for Hymns Illustrated there because yes, that will encourage me, but even more importantly, that will encourage others to listen into the show and hopefully find even more encouragement while listening. And so let's go ahead and dive into our topic, the role of hymns in our spiritual growth and how hymns do help us move 
scriptural truth from our heads to our hearts. And you will want to stick through to the very end because I do have a a new, a little or unknown hymn to share with you. That is a segment I've done before and it's been a little while. And I want to talk a little bit about our hymn of the month, a little refresher, a little review. And I have something fun to share with you as well, a little hymn humor. Something I've done a lot of in the past few years after being diagnosed with Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune thyroid condition, is to read up on the role that our diet plays with our health and inflammation. Let me tell you, it is so fascinating and overwhelming at the same time. There are a number of vitamins that our body needs in order to function properly, but sometimes one vitamin can't absorb properly without another vitamin. For example, vitamin C and iron are best taken together because the vitamin C helps our bodies absorb the iron. Now, this analogy breaks down a little bit, but in many ways, hymns are like vitamin C in the fact that they help us absorb the iron of scripture. I've mentioned before several times that hymns never supersede or replace scripture. They are not the word of God. They are the words of fallible men but and women. <laughs> but scripture does, does indicate that God has a plan for hymns, and they in many ways serve scripture, or you could say supplement scripture. And it is my personal conviction that the church would do exceedingly well to make hymns more of a part of our spiritual lives and be part of our daily lives beyond the pew, because they can be such an invaluable aid in helping us absorb, remember, and then apply that biblical truth. Now let's go over two big ways. Actually, I have a third way I'm going to add here at the end uh, that hymns help us move biblical truth from just words sitting in our brain at an academic level and then into our hearts. Something that we respond to with our entire beings and our emotions are included in that. Something to keep in mind is the dual nature of our hymns. Hymns are made up of both words and music so they can be sung. Now, I read hymns out loud a lot on this podcast. Words tend to move me at least as much as music, probably because I'm not that musical myself and I've always just loved poetry. But for some, it is the music that moves their hearts even more than the words. And that is one of the most beautiful aspects of a hymn. It contains both of those elements. And those elements work together to help us grow spiritually. For example, singing a hymn, remember that includes both the words and the music, helps us remember the words, aka a Bible passage or a scriptural truth. And hymns do that in two ways. First, they slow us down so we can think through the text. Just the meter and the tempo and the pace of a hymn while singing it is slower than reading a phrase or scripture passage. And I do this, um, I hate that I do this, but it is easy for me when I start reading a Bible passage, I start to skim it and I have to stop myself like, well, slow down, slow down, let's think through this. And hymns just naturally do that when we sing. And 
of course, often hymn writers take a biblical truth expressed in many Bible verses and they condense it to a single thought, which is kind of like Cliff's Notes. And that helps me a lot too. And I'm confident that it helps you too, because it helps you see the big idea behind a theological concept. It helps us learn. And hymns also do that with their tune. Scientists have discovered, and I've talked about this before, but scientists have discovered that music can serve as a mnemonic device to help us remember words. Our brains are like memory vaults, and we can readily access song lyrics and hymn texts at a moment's notice. And we see this in scripture. This is fascinating to me. In Deuteronomy 31, the Israelites were about to cross over into the promised land. And God instructed Moses to teach them a song so that, and I quote, when many evils and troubles have come upon them, this song shall confront them as a witness, for it will live unforgotten in the mouths of their offspring. It's no secret to God. It has always been his plan. Scientists maybe have recently discovered this, but um, God wanted this to happen all along, that singing hymns helps us remember God's words. Second, hymns help move God's truth from our heads to our hearts because singing hymns helps us relate emotionally to the words. Music evokes emotions. That's just what it does. And to be on the same page here, I'm not talking about emotionalism, which is focused more on the feelings of the singer than the actual word of God. I'm talking about our emotions that are a God-honoring, heartfelt response, a sincere response to his truth that is a total person response and what he greatly desires of us. So singing helps us relate emotionally. We already talked about being able to slow down enough to reflect on the meaning of words, but the music can also enhance the emotion of the words that we are singing. If we're singing a hymn of lament, the minor key, such as O Sacred Head, Now Wounded, the minor key accurately supports that emotion. And when we are singing a hymn of joy, a livelier tune helps reflect or enhance that joy. The third way that hymns help us move God's truth from our heads into our hearts is by the example of the hymn writers we learn from their lyrics and their life stories. Here's what I mean by that. Studying scripture involves two parts. The first part is the academic part where we are learning truth with our brains. The second part is the heart response where we are applying the truth to our personal lives. And I do want to say here that um, the Holy Spirit has an even bigger role um, than hymns. Uh, the Holy Spirit definitely has a role. That's another uh, podcast episode altogether, but um, he helps he helps take God's truth from the brain level into our hearts. But God does use hymns, and that's what the subject of this podcast is about, so <laughs> that's the focus here. Hymn writers have read the truth, and they've taken it from their heads into their hearts successfully, from what we can tell. And when we learn their stories and their own trials and their life's ups and downs and see how they responded in faith, 
then we better know what it looks like for us to respond in faith. And we are encouraged and we are motivated too. And that is a heart response. Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. This great cloud of witnesses refers to the previous chapter, Hebrews 11, where we read about great heroes of the faith who have already finished the race. And I like what gotquestions.org has to say about this great cloud of witnesses. I quote, We are surrounded by the saints of the past in a unique way. It's not that the faithful who have gone before us are spectators to the race we run. Rather, it is a figurative representation and means that we ought to act as if they were in sight and cheering us on to the same victory in the life of faith that they obtained. We are to be inspired by the godly examples of these saints set during their lives, unquote. And of course, that scripture passage is about those people mentioned in Hebrews 11, but in a similar way, the hymn writers serve as part of that. And we can imagine through their text and the songs that they have given us, um, we can imagine that they are watching us and uh, be inspired and motivated as well. So to summarize, hymns like vitamin C help us absorb the iron of scripture into our hearts. And that's huge. They help us move God's truth from an academic level in our brains to a genuine response in our hearts. And they do that by helping us remember God's truth through the process of singing. Second, they do that by helping us relate to God's truth emotionally with both words and music. And then third, they do that through the example that the hymn writer gives us through his or her life story and testimony. Yes, we would all do well to leverage hymns a little bit better in our own walk with the Lord. Well, I told you at the beginning of the episode that I wanted to share with you a little bit of an encouragement and a reminder for our hymn of the month, which is The 90 and 9 by Elizabeth C. Clefane. And I also mentioned I wanted to encourage you with a new or little known hymn. What I did not tell you is that those two things are going to be merged together in one segment here. So Something I've noticed this month after releasing the hymn of the month at the beginning of June, I have been thinking not necessarily about the actual hymn. I did think plenty about the hymn at the beginning of the month, but I've noticed that I have been thinking more, and this is a good thing, more about Jesus as my good shepherd. And that is the thought that has been in my heart. And that's what we want. We want hymns to direct us to truth, to direct us to Christ and more having more love for him and more understanding of who he is. So I've been thrilled that that has been the result of, of studying the 90 and 9 earlier this month. Now, if you will recall that hymn story mentioned a preacher by the name of Horatius Bonar, who incidentally is also a hymn writer. So Moody and Sankey uh, were at that were at the evangelistic meetings in Scotland, if you will recall the hymn story behind it. 
And Dr. Bonar just got up and he preached on the Good Shepherd. And then, and then Moody asked Sankey to go up and have a hymn related to, sing a hymn related to Jesus as the Good Shepherd. And then Moody happened to have that, or not, I keep getting them mixed up. Iris Sankey happened to have that piece of paper in his pocket that had Elizabeth Clofane's hymn, and he sang it and composed it and made it up on the spot. And that's a really neat story behind that. Um, Continuing along the same lines of Jesus as our Good Shepherd, the preacher in that meeting also has a hymn about the Good Shepherd. And I discovered this several years back. over 10 years ago, probably. Yes, this was way before I was married. <laughs> so, um, and this hymn is so simple and it's so incredibly sweet. And it tells the the story of salvation in a way that children can especially understand, but anybody can. And if you listen to the tune, and I wish I had, I probably could pick it out for you right now if I was at a piano. I can I know just enough to do that. <laughs> but um the tune is really sweet. So if you can I encourage you to go over to YouTube and find it or if I find it, I will put it in the show notes here. But I'm going to tell you a little bit about that hymn. It is called I Was a Wandering Sheep. And I've never heard of it since I discovered it. I haven't uh, sang it. I have not found it in a hymnal that I that I know of. It could be in one of my hymnals, and I just haven't um, stumbled upon that yet. Um, so there is an account related to this hymn, and it's not how it was written. It was a time that it was sung or recited, and it was really special. There's an account of a revival in a girls' school in Massachusetts. So all these girls, I'm guessing teenagers, were having prayer meetings and becoming saved and becoming passionate in um, in their faith. And there was there were a few girls who were scoffing and laughing, and they didn't want to have anything to do with religion. And one of those girls we know as the only thing we, we don't know her last name, but in this account she is known as Helen B. So the girls decided to pray for Helen, and so they prayed. And then, and they would get together and they would meet and they would pray and they would recite hymns to each other. I I thought this part was really neat. Let me see if I can check the story. Um, After a few hymns and prayers, each one quoted some favorite hymn verses. And I love that. Um, So that's what these girls were doing. And in walks Helen and her face was pale. Her eyes were downcast. And she just sat there while they all went around sharing their favorite hymn verses. And when it got to her, she began to quote this hymn. And in this account, um, written by a a Dr. Long, this says, um, I'm not sure of his first name, should have prepared a little bit more. Um, This account says, her voice was low, but distinct. And every word as she uttered it thrilled the hearts of the listeners. She repeated one stanza after another of that beautiful hymn of Bonar's, and not an eye save her own was dry, as with sweet emphasis 
she pronounced the last lines, No more a wayward child, I seek no more to roam. That single hymn told all, the wandering sheep, the wayward child, had returned. So with that backstory in mind, I'm going to read Bonar's hymn, which apparently was more popular at one time and people didn't know it and know it enough to have it memorized and quote it to each other. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and read that to you. I was a wandering sheep. I did not love the fold. I did not love my shepherd's voice. I would not be controlled. I was a wayward child. I did not love my home. I did not love my father's voice. I loved afar to roam. The shepherd sought his sheep. The father sought his child. He followed me o'er vale and hill, or deserts waste and wild. He found me nigh to death, famished and faint and lone. He bound me with the chains of love. He saved the wandering one. Jesus my shepherd is, "'Twas he that loved my soul. "'Twas he that washed me in his blood. "'Twas he that made me whole. "'Twas he that sought the lost, "'that found the wandering sheep. "'Twas he that brought me to the flock. "'Tis he that still doth keep. "'No more a wandering sheep. "'I love to be controlled. "'I love my tender shepherd's voice. "'I love the peaceful fold. "'No more a wayward child. "'I seek no more to roam. I love my heavenly Father's voice. I love, I love his home. Now, wasn't that just the sweetest hymn? And it's just such a clear before and after picture of what we are like before and after salvation. And it describes Jesus and as someone who is seeking us and um, how he, he looks for the lost and how he heals the lost and he washes the lost in his blood. So that is a hymn that maybe you're familiar with it, but I know that I was not several years ago. And to me, it is still a little unknown hymn that should be known a little bit more. And I hope that that was a blessing to you. Well, I promised you a little hymn humor. So here we go. You may have heard this hymn, this joke before. I know I have, but it has been quite a while. So here's a little chuckle for you. An old farmer went to the city one weekend and attended the big city church. He came home and his wife asked him how it was. Well, said the farmer, it was good. They did something different. However, they sang praise choruses instead of hymns. Praise choruses, said his wife. What are those? Oh, they're okay. They're sort of like hymns, only different. Well, what's the difference? The farmer said, well, it's like this. If I were to say to you, Martha, the cows are in the corn. Well, that would be a hymn. If, on the other hand, I were to say to you, Martha, 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 oh, Martha, 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 the cows, the big cows, the brown cows, the black cows, the white cows, the black and white cows, the cows, cows, cows are in the corn, are in the corn, are in the corn, are in the corn, the corn, corn, corn. Then if I were to repeat the whole thing two or three times, well, that would be a praise chorus. The next weekend, his nephew, a young new Christian from the city, came to visit and attended the local church of the small town. He went home, and his wife asked him how it was. Well, said the young man, it was good. They did something different. However, they sang hymns instead of regular songs. Hymns, asked his wife, what are those? Oh, they're okay. They're sort of like regular songs, only different. Well, what's the difference? The young man said, well, it's like this. If I were to say to you, 
Martha, the cows are in the corn. Well, that would be a regular song. If, on the other hand, I were to say to you, O Martha, dear Martha, hear thou my cry, inclinest thy ear to the words of my mouth, turn thou thy whole wondrous ear by and by to the righteous, inimitable, glorious truth. For the way of the animals who can explain there in their heads is no shadow of sense. Hearkenest they in God's son or his reign, unless from the mild tempting corn they are fenced. Yea, those cows in glad bovine rebellious delight have broke free their shackles, their warm pens eschewed. Then goaded by minions of darkness and night, they all my mild chilliwack sweet corn have chewed. So look to the bright shining day by and by, where all foul corruptions of earth are reborn, where no vicious animals make my soul cry, and I no longer see those foul cows in the corn. Then if I were to do only verses 1, 3, and 4 and do a key change on the last verse, well, that would be a hymn. (laughs) Haha, right? I I suspect the truth is somewhere in the middle, which is why this um, is good for a laugh or two. Well, that's all for now, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I wish you a wonderful and blessed weekend. This coming Sunday, when you are worshiping with your church family, remember to sing with your whole heart and as much strength as you can and enjoy this last week of June. We will have a new hymn of the month very soon. So excited for that. July is just around the corner. Thanks for listening to Hymns Illustrated. If you were blessed by what you heard today, you can say thank you by leaving a review on iTunes, sharing the show with a friend, or by shopping at christianbook.com using the affiliate link in the show notes. All of these gestures keep Hymns Illustrated going and growing. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, keep your hymnal open. Thank you.